This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hi there, how are you doing? This show is all about how to have even better, more effective, more enjoyable and more fun retrospective or lessons learned meetings. They're a really important part of what we do. They help with continuous improvement and learning. They help us get to the next stages faster. Loads and loads of benefits. We'll say more about those as we go through. So what I'm going to be covering for you today is firstly the importance of retrospective meetings. What makes a great retrospective? And I'll be giving you some practical tips for how to go about leading a really great successful session from thinking about what you do beforehand through to during the meeting and then following up. Also some bonus tips on how to handle difficult situations and sensitive retrospectives as well. And I'm going to be sharing 25 different activities that you can use in your retrospectives so that you can shake it up, you can refresh it. You've always got a few different options that you can use. And we'll be thinking about how to create a culture of feedback and continuous improvement to boot. So there is so much there. Let's just start with what is a retrospective meeting. What do I mean when I talk about that? Some of you will know what they are and be really familiar with them. Maybe you're having retrospectives on a pretty frequent basis. For other people, it might be a new term. So a retrospective is also known as a lessons learned meeting or workshop, a post-mortem review session So they're workshop style meetings that take place after key phases of project activity, innovation events, sprints and so on. And the whole purpose is that they're designed to give you some light bulb moments for you and your team about your success and how to replicate that success in the next piece of work that you do. But also what didn't go so well so that you can put in place fixes, workarounds, solutions so that you can learn from that as well. So that's what a retrospective is there to do. It's a great best practice activity that's really important for continuous improvement and for taking your organisation forward. Now the thing about a retrospective and a great retrospective, it's about what was achieved, so about the task, but also how the team worked together. And it's really important to include the dynamics of team effectiveness into your retrospective. It's not just about the task and the process. It's about learning in action as well versus having a rigid plan. Now, the roots of retrospective meetings, I think they go back 20 plus years when we started using agile methodology, mainly in the tech sector, really. And it came out in the 12 principles of agile methodology that at regular intervals, the team reflects on how to become more effective then tunes and adjusts its behaviour accordingly. Although it sort of started off with those sorts of projects, it's like lean thinking in a way. I mean, it's different from lean thinking, but you know, like lean started in manufacturing, didn't it? Predominantly in automotive manufacturing in the 80s 
and then it's in all sorts of industries, in all sorts of environments. Well, retrospectives are the same. You don't have to be in tech, software, app development to do a retrospective. Whatever your organisation, you can benefit from a retrospective at some point. So now I'll say in a second where retrospectives are going to be most useful. So they started off for development team members, so dev teams. And as I've said, that they're widely spread across any discipline that you're in, any profession can benefit from these. And the reason to have them is because firstly drive continuous improvement. They help you replicate success. It's great being successful and it's even greater to understand why we're successful. What were the things that we did that made the difference so that we can repeat that and continue that success going forward? I actually see this with a lot of entrepreneurs. They have a great business idea. They get that business idea off the ground. They're still doing that business idea a number of years later, but then sort of competition takes over, you know, and They don't know how to replicate the success they had the first time round. They've never really thought about it. So replicating success is super important. It helps you achieve your goals faster. It builds this growth mindset because you're always learning. And also by reviewing how well things have gone, it can release frustration. You can share and celebrate a success. So it's really good from a people dynamic point of view. You're lowering risk because you are learning and putting things into practice again. You get better outcomes and you can also sort of draw a line under something and then move on to the next stage, feeling that you've got some closure and you can move forward. So when to have them? There's a long list of when to have them. Retrospectives are really important. And I think I would distinguish there's business as usual, which I abbreviate to BAU. You might do the same. So business as usual versus projects or one-off incidents. And retrospectives work really well for projects or one-off things that you are doing. So a great time to do it is if you've completed a key stage in a project. Projects sometimes are divided into different phases and you've completed a key phase. Stop. Look at how well it's gone so far. Look at what you can learn from it and go again. Perhaps you've launched a new product or product has shipped. You can stop and think, how well did that go? At the end of any significant piece of work, it could be a marketing campaign or a bid or tender submission. What I do and really recommend you consider as well is that if you've done a marketing campaign, as soon as the campaign is out there, then do a retrospective before you get the results in. When you've completed a bid or tender, do a retrospective as soon as you can afterwards before you know whether or not you've been successful and won the bid or tender. Then you'll be thinking about the process, how well you put it together and all of those things. Then do another retrospective later when you know the result and you've maybe had some feedback and maybe you've got some data on the campaign. Maybe you've had some feedback from the client or some scoring from the client on your bid or tender. Do a second retrospective, which is focused on how you could have improved and do it whether or not you won. I see a lot of retrospectives on losing bids right? But I need to see more when you win as well, because then you can replicate that and build your bid winning strategy. At the end of an innovation or design sprint, creating, delivering a pitch, delivering a training program, conference, big event. Also, when there's an unexpected incident, like your business is interrupted and you've got to stop work, maybe something has gone wrong and you've had to vacate the building or whatever, you know, so those sorts of things. 
where there's been a significant issue for a customer that you really need to stop and learn from. And at the end of each phase of any longer term project, so you could do two weekly, monthly, quarterly reviews and so on. So lots of opportunities to do a great retrospective. And I reckon depending on what you're doing one for, then 30, 60, 90 minutes, maybe two hours at the top end is usually enough. Obviously, the bigger the thing, the more people, the more complex, the more time you need to allow. But for smaller things, it's amazing what you can get done in 30 minutes, you know, if you're focused and you plan it well. So when you're having a retrospective meeting, obviously you're thinking about what have you learned that's gone well? Great. And what have you learned about what's not gone so well? Particularly, you know, when people have put a lot of work in, they might be feeling sensitive about things. It's really important to create the right environment so that you can have a really great retrospective meeting. So firstly is about thinking about psychological safety. Now, I've done another YouTube video on psychological safety. So head over to the YouTube channel and look at that if you want to learn more about groups and group dynamics. But essentially, it's no politics and no blame. Psychological safety is all about making people feel safe so that they can speak up, they can you know, speak their truth, they can contribute, point out what went wrong, as well as what went well. Doing it in the right way, of course. So making sure that there is this psychological safety is really key. And I love this, it's quite a long quote, but I love this quote from an article in the Harvard Business Review last year, which is, if a team is struggling in its agile transformation, shadow it. So evaluate its dialogic process. That's sort of how are people interacting? How are they talking to each other? Are members respectful? Do they tolerate candor? Do they protect and reward vulnerable behavior? So this is all around psychological safety. If the answers to those questions is no, and members are touchy, temperamental, or territorial, it means you've got work to do. So you could be an organization that's got loads of resources, expertise, technically brilliant and tools, but actually what it all relies on is the ultimate enabler, which is psychological safety. So people feel they can contribute to their very best. So that is a fundamental thing to build is this safe environment for people to share. Some other key success factors for you. There's quite a few here to consider, but think about if you're running retrospectives already, think about Do we have these? Are they in place? How do these apply to us? What's working? What's not? How could we level up? If you haven't run a retrospective and you're thinking about doing it, you can put all of these things in place from the get-go. So firstly, the retrospective needs to happen when all the major work is done, right? Not when it's you've still got loads of big stuff to do that you've not finished yet, when, when all the key pieces are in place. Prepare for it. Get data in advance share information on what people could be thinking about before they come to the retrospective so they they can come informed and having considered things and reflected and maybe also they've thought about how they're going to say or position some of their feedback as well do it as soon as you can after the work has finished but with some recovery time if needed as well and sometimes it's actually really healthy just to step away and put a little bit of time in between the work being finished and the retrospective itself, because just let the creative subconscious catch up, step back, reflect, so that people can come back and give a more considered rather than immediate view. Make sure people are clear from distractions and that there's mutual value. So 
people need to feel like they're getting something from the retrospective, that they've got a space to share ideas, raise issues, and that when they go back in and do the next phase of work, things are going to be better as a result of the retrospective meeting. They can see that the actions are in place. So it needs to be productive, energising, enjoyable, thinking about the successes, not just, you know, we've got a tendency, haven't we, to focus on all the things that we did wrong and all the things we were unhappy with and the things that could have gone better. Yes, we need to address those. We also need to think about and celebrate what went well as well. Create movement, energy, have people standing up, swapping groups, keep it dynamic and interesting and make sure the pace is appropriate as well. Keep it moving. And if you run retrospectives fairly frequently and you're using the same old, same old activities and approaches, I would suggest, yes, keep the same format, but keep it fresh because otherwise people get a bit stale and it just becomes another thing to do, a box to tick, rather than something that's stimulating, stretching and productive. You need a great facilitator. If you want some more information on how to be a great facilitator, there's a blog post on the bigbankpartnership.co.uk website. Go to blogs and you can search that. There's a search tool. You can search all the about 80 or so blogs on there, all free for you. So the Scrum Master is someone that leads an agile process, but it could be a team leader, somebody independent. Also, if you've had a really significant thing that you've been working on, it's sometimes a great independent facilitator. It's fantastic because they're not bringing their agenda or embedded perspectives into the process. Have the right people there. Make sure everybody's there who needs to be there. They're all present in mind as well as body and that you record everything. You know, you need to capture the key outputs, clear action points. What are you going to do with all of this? And create a prioritised backlog. And if you're working on something on an ongoing basis and you're stopping to do retrospectives to assess your process, then think about burn down charts, which is how quickly you're clearing through those issues. Right, let's keep going. Um, Now, sometimes we have sensitive or what we perceive to be difficult issues, situations to handle in a retrospective. And I could do a whole, you know, how to deal with difficult and sensitive things. I could do a whole show about that and I will do in the future. But my top tips for this are, firstly, this is the most important. If you've got someone or some people who who aren't performing, the retrospective is not the place to deal with that. It's not the place to raise that. It's not about, you know, trying to get messages across subtly through the retrospective. Please do not do that at all. Have a conversation offline. Do it appropriately. Use the proper process that you've got to help people improve their performance within your organisation. Please make sure that's kept out of the environment where the whole team is together sometimes things can get challenging and it can feel a bit awkward don't cancel the session if it's feeling a bit awkward you need the session more than ever all the more reason for doing it but set clear ground rules about behavior how you're going to feedback about mutual respect use an icebreaker to get everybody into it and warm everybody up and start to feel safe and i would start as well to role model the use of we instead of you so instead of saying well, when you did this, it went wrong. When we did this, this happened. So helping people be a little bit conscious about how they're expressing their feedback. Being sensitive to emotions as well. So you'll have heard me say over and over again that our decisions, our behaviours, our actions 
are driven by emotion, right? And then we we justify them with logic and analysis after the effects most often. So be sensitive to that. Be sensitive to how people are feeling. Make sure people truly listen to each other. And you might want to use things like silent brainstorming where people sit with some sticky notes or their online virtual sticky notes and they just have a bit of time, you know, to work quietly and then share Make sure everybody's heard, not just the loudest, be super fair with the airtime and make sure you provide any follow-up support. So check in with people, not just during the event, but after the event as well. Okay, now we're into our retrospective meeting and I have a retrospective meeting agenda template. Obviously, if you're going for 30 minutes, right, you would pick the what worked well and what could be improved and, and, and some ideas and focus on that. So you would only do a bit of this rather than the full thing. So welcome and introduction. It's important, obviously, to say why you're here and so on. An icebreaker, what worked well and could be improved. Prioritise the list that you've created in the previous step of what worked well and what could be improved. Create some solutions, an action plan. Agree the action tracking and the next meeting date. If your retrospectives are at regular intervals, add in some time to check in on any outstanding and completed action points from the previous session before you get into the what worked well and what could be improved from the latest work that you've done. So the welcome and introduction, even if you are doing these frequently, it doesn't hurt just to spend a few seconds reminding people why they're here, what the focus is on, maybe saying a bit about the latest batch of work. But if it's a one-off, You do need to say, this is what it is. This is why we're here. Here are the ground rules. This is what we hope to get out of this. And also what's going to happen as a consequence of, you know, all the work that people do, that you're going to use that work to drive the continuous improvement so that you can build going forward. So it's really important to set that out up front so that people know they're contributing to something that's going to be super useful. And then do some sort of warm up or icebreaker, even if people know each other. Um, The purpose of this is to get the heads out of what they were doing before they came into the retrospective and into the retrospective so that they're focusing with you. Their heads are in the game. And if you want some ideas of icebreakers and how to do them, I've got icebreakers for online meetings and brilliant icebreaker questions for virtual meetings. I think there's about 200 questions there, you know, and they're non-cringy. They're not the cringe ones. They're, They're ones that you would actually use. So have a look at those. They're on the bigbangpartnership.co.uk blog pages. So you've got everybody warmed up. The next phase is to think about what worked well from what you've just done and what could be improved. Strap yourselves in because I've got 20 options here. The first one is a one word retrospective. So you ask people to just use one word and maybe make a word cloud or a gallery on the wall or something to describe how they felt the project went in one word to sum it up. And it's really interesting because it drives out the sentiment. And from that sentiment, you can then go on to do some of these other activities that I've got here for you. Mad, glad, sad. What it says on the tin, right? You ask people to think about what made them mad, what frustrated them, what they were glad about, what worked well, and what they were sad, what they you know wish they would have done differently. That's a retrospective classic. You could use help and hinder what helped and what hindered. And you're just getting them to capture these on the virtual whiteboard or on a flip chart or or something. The sailboat is a good one as well. The sailboat is going from wherever it is to the lovely island that it's trying to reach. 
and it's got driving forces, the winds that are propelling it forwards to get to the island, the things that are helping it along, and then there are anchors, the things that are pulling it back, the things that are stopping the progress. So you ask people to, to think, what are the things that have really pushed us along and really helped us as we've achieved this piece of work? And what are the things that have held us back so that then you can start to think about, well, how do we do more of the good things and how do we remove some of the anchors? Rose, bud, thorn. The rose is the, you know, the things of beauty, uh, the things that you created, the achievements that you've had. The bud is the potential for further growth and for further improvement. And the thorn, obviously, the things that need improving. What should we stop? What should we start? What should we continue? That's activity option number six. The three little pigs. There's a house made of brick, there's a house made of sticks, and there's a house made of straw. So the house made of bricks is the solid house. The house made of sticks has got good foundations, but a shaky upper. And the house made of straw just blows over, right? It's, it's sort of built and it's there, but it's not going to last for very long. So what about the processes, the, the dynamics, the relationships? What would be the brick house, the stick house and the straw house? You could use the four L's. The L's stand for learned, liked, lacked and longed for. What have we learned? What did we like? What did we long for as we were doing this work? The five whys, a classic for root cause analysis. Why did this happen? And why did that take place? And why and why and why? So you're asking five whys over and over again. Or a simple fishbone. This is where we got to with the project. Here are all the things that contributed to us getting there, the things that worked well and the things that didn't work so well. Okay, so well done for staying with me and thank you because we're on to the next 10 of the what worked well and what could be improved activities. These are the final 10 of this batch. You could ask people to draw, and I really like this one, a timeline of starting the work and getting up to the current position of where you are. What happened when? What work got done? What got in the way? This happened, this incident, you know? And you get people to really think about what happened when so that when you come to the next piece of the agenda, you can use it. Retrospective bingo is giving them some keywords to think about, maybe a set of keywords on a card. They could be something like engagement, collaboration, process, systems, whatever it is. You use those words, they, they try and get as many thoughts in terms of what worked well and what didn't around those words. A metaphor. A metaphor, as you know, is something we use to, to describe something else. If I say I am a busy bee, which I usually am, then um, I'm using busy bee as a metaphor for me. So what would a metaphor be for how they've worked in the last phase of the, the project or whatever it is they're working on? Force field analysis, things that hindered, pressing down, things that helped, driving upwards, maybe giving each one of those a bigger or a smaller arrow, depending on how influential it was and a score. You can see there's a, a force field picture there so you can see the sort of thing color-coded retrospective so you you hand out randomly a, a colored card to different colors for different people just randomly and they use their color to describe and associate that with something that went well or not so well for them visual storytelling create a cartoon strip or a storyboard of how 
it's a, a different version of the timeline, but they're creating a cartoon strip that they're drawing out in terms of how the sprint or the project or whatever it was went, what happened when. A world cafe, like speed dating, people move around, sit on different tables, talk to each other, um, and they're, just, they're talking about what went well and what didn't go so well in conversation, and then collecting all of that and feeding back. Positive deviance is where you find a deviance is something that's out of the norm. So you find something that's really, really exceptionally positive and out of the norm that happened, and you focus on that, and you deconstruct that and get into what happened and why it was so positive. Memory lane is where you ask people to write down all their memories, you know, what you, what's most memorable about working on this project. And then you've got the good old SWOT, the strengths, weaknesses and opportunities and threats. And strengths and weaknesses are the internal things and the opportunities and threats are things that are from outside the team. Whew, right. So 20 different things. So although some of those are variations on a theme because, right, that, that's what it is. It's what worked well and what could be improved. They're all a bit different and they each get people thinking in a slightly different way. So when you've got all the, the things out from that, you'll have a long list of stuff. And then it's about prioritizing the list. I would use something like sticky dot voting, which is an easy activity and get people to say what they think is most important. You know, some things that didn't work so well over here, but in the grand scheme of things, did they make so much of a difference or is there something else over here that would be a priority to sort? So that's what you're getting them to vote on. Same with the things that went well. Lots of little bits over here, but actually there was one or two significant things over here and they need to be the focus areas. And remember, if everything's a priority, you've got no priorities. So this prioritisation is, is really important. So get people, give them an allowance, maybe two or three sticky dots each for what went well and two or three for what didn't go so well. And then you can see where the priorities lie when they stick them on. And then you're thinking about, well, okay, so what are we going to do about these things then? What are some solutions? How are we going to move forward and get even better? How are we going to build on those good things? And how are we going to sort out some of those challenge areas that we've had? Loads of techniques for this. Check out the website and YouTube because I've got loads and loads of videos around and resources around brainstorming activities and so on. You could do something like reverse brainstorming where people brainstorm how to make the whole thing worse and then flip it round into making each of those a positive solution. So you could do a chain reaction where one person has an idea, the next person has to build on that idea, the next person builds on the idea that the person's had on that person's idea. That's quite fun. You could do a flashback, asking people to think about something that, that really stood out for them that's worked before and build on that. Silent brainstorming, we've talked about, ask people to brainstorm individually on sticky notes and then bring them all together and talk about them when people have had a few minutes to think. You could do some dream brainstorming. This is where you ask them to imagine the perfect outcome and then use the ideas as inspiration for actually practical things that you can do. So you think about the ideal and then you work it back, you bring it back to the practical. And as I've said, look, there's direct instructions about how you can do this and variations. If you want a step-by-step -step guide, have a look at the blog post, how to facilitate a virtual brainstorming session and also how to get ideas flowing in online meetings. And although these are for, it says online and it says virtual, you can adapt them, they're the same 
to do in person as well, right? So, and you'll find those at bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash idea hyphen time hyphen blog. Okay, now we're into, you've got your solutions, you know what you're working on, you've picked which ones you're going to take forward. Now it's time to select them and turn them into an action plan. What action are you going to take? Do you need any budget for that? When are you going to start it and finish it and who's going to do it? So you really do need a clear action plan as a result of that, that you do something with and importantly, agree the action tracking and the next meeting date. You've got to keep the momentum going. Otherwise, it's another one of those meetings. We've all been to them that you, you go, you do some good stuff. Everybody has some great ideas. You get a great set of actions and then everybody just goes back to the job and does whatever they'd been doing before. No change. So this is really important. Keep driving it through. Set the next meeting date, preferably before the retrospective itself. So people know that actually you're going to be meeting again in whenever, a few weeks time, whatever it is. So keep that momentum going and agree how you're going to be tracking those actions so that there is a team accountability for making good stuff happen. So that's the template for the agenda with 25 different activities in there that you can do. They're all simple activities. They're all really easy to run. You don't need anything special. If you're doing it in person, it's some sticky notes, a whiteboard and a flip chart and some pens at the most and super easy to set up on a virtual whiteboard like Miro um, or Mural uh, and so on. So what we've covered today is the importance of retrospective meetings they can really help you to skyrocket your growth, your efficiency, and the sense of team, which is really, really important. We've talked about what makes a great retrospective. So you've got a checklist that you can use to make sure your retrospectives are super successful. We've got some practical tips there. We've talked about how to handle those difficult situations. We've talked about loads of different activities. Keep it fresh. Don't keep rehashing the same old, same old, because there's probably an infinite number of different retrospective activities you could be using. So, so change it up a bit. Keep it fresh. Keep it different. And keep building that culture of feedback and continuous improvement. So that's it from me for this episode. You can find loads more stuff as well, all for free at bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash resources. So remember, if you go to bigbangpartnership.co.uk slash the idea time blog with hyphens in, you'll find loads and loads of in-depth step-by-step guides and articles. If there are things like downloadable workbooks, playbooks, guides that you want, you'll find them there. You can just download them for free. Thank you very much. And I will see you very soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.